Well, again today, always a joy to hear you sing and uh, hear you participate in worship. Let me invite your attention. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, the finish line, follow me. If you've ever traveled anywhere in the world, you realize that life for us here in America is a little bit different than most places around the world, and here's what I mean by that. We have choices that many people around the world simply do not have. For example, you get up in the morning and you're going to have breakfast cereal, so you can have Raisin Bran, or you can have Frosted Flakes, or you can have Captain's Crunch. Most people around the world do not have those options. It's the same thing every single day. Uh, you want to watch television, so you got a decision to make. Am I going to watch in the living room, the family room, and the bedroom, or sometimes even outdoors? Uh, other countries, they don't have that choice. You want a good hamburger for lunch? You've got choices. Am I going to McDonald's? Am I going to Five Guys? Am I going to Johnny's? Or am I going to somewhere else? Uh, most people around the world don't have those options. You have choices. Uh, tomorrow, you want a chicken sandwich? Or are you going to Popeye's? Are you going to KFC's? Or are you going to Chick-fil-A? Which one are you going to? Now, that's a no-brainer where you're going to on that one, right? Can, is that a man on that? I, I didn't even say which one. It's just a no-brainer. Let me leave it there. You have choices. Most people around the world simply do not have those choices. But here's something unique, though. No matter what country you live in, and here we are in the United States, when it comes to following Jesus Christ, you and I have a life-changing decision and choice to make. When I was in high school, I worked at a local grocery store my senior year in high school, and it was a great experience for me because it taught me many lessons in life, leadership lessons, taught me about financial management, but it also talked to me about, taught me about workplace responsibility, and so it was a great experience. And I remember the owners of that local grocery store every year would bring in an outside company, and they would do an inventory of the products that we had in the grocery store. In church life, we don't really do an inventory, but we do an audit every year because we want financial character and integrity in what we do, so we have somebody to come in and do an audit for us. But here's what I want to do this morning in the room of those who are watching online. I want to encourage us to think about uh, an inventory or an audit, and here's what we're thinking about. Are you and I following Jesus Christ in life? Are you and I following Jesus Christ in life? Now, as we think about that question, uh, here's the thing you have to realize Kyle Adaman wrote a book on this a number of years ago. It was, many people are fans of Jesus, but, but are you a follower of Jesus? Because you can be a fan of him and not be a follower of him. So are you a fan of Christ or a follower of Christ? Are you and I following Jesus Christ in life? In countries around the world, persecution is real. I've been with believers in other nations around the world who understood persecution and they would be beaten and threatened and kidnapped and all those things. Others would be killed because of their relationship to Christ. And so they weren't mean people. They weren't evil people. They were persecuted or they were killed. And here's why. Because they were followers of Jesus in life. And they would not compromise his name. They would not compromise their relationship and following his leadership. When you look in the Bible, the Bible has a lot to say about following and about leading, but here's the interesting part. The Bible has more to say about following than it does leading. 
Because if you're going to be a great leader, you have to be a great follower. Because leadership begins at the feet of Jesus. And so you follow him if you're going to be a great leader. Now, as you and I inventory and audit this question, are you and I following Jesus Christ in life? I would encourage us to pause for a moment and ask this question. Are you and I following him? And here's what I mean by that. If following Jesus cost us our lives, would we still be willing to follow him? You'll have to think on that one for a moment. If following the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Savior of the world, our best friend, the Lord of our lives, if following him, cost us our physical lives, would we still be willing to follow him? It's happening all over the world. Church, I'm not saying it's not going to happen here one day. But if following Jesus costs you that much, would you still say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ? Now, let me ask a few questions here as we set this up today from God's word as I look at what Paul said to the believers in Ephesus. He loved this church. They were dear to him. And the question would be, why did God save you and me then? We're saved by the grace of God. We're saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Why did he save you and me and then leave us here? Why didn't he just take us on to heaven? Well, he saved us and left us here because he wants us to follow him, but he wants us to serve him and to make him known to peoples around the world. And here's what Paul said to the believers in Ephesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He saved you. He left you here so you would follow him. You would serve him. You would do good works. Now, the next question, why did he give us spiritual gifts? Well, Paul says to the believers in Corinth and in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he says, now concerning spiritual gift, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. So when the Lord saved you, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you and he has gifted you with spiritual gifts to do what? So that you use them to serve Christ, to glorify him and to build up his church, his body. And so that he would use you so you'd reach people and disciple people and follow Jesus in your life. Now, how would you and I respond if the Lord indicated to us that he wanted to do something significant in our lives beyond anything we could ask, think, or imagine? Would you and I still be willing to follow him if he wanted to do that? Go back to the believers in Ephesus again. Here's what Paul said to them. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. So as you think about that, he saved us and left us here so that we would serve. He's gifted us so that we would glorify him and build up the body. And he is wanting to do something in our lives beyond anything we could ask, think, or imagine. According to the power that is at work within us, that is the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be faithful to know him, and he wants us to be faithful to follow him. Now, here are things I want you to write some, fill in some blanks. Three common sins, not mistakes, but sins when it comes to following Jesus in life. Here's the first one, run. Here's what I mean by that. The Lord Jesus Christ calls you. He's got a very specific plan and direction for your life. 
And, and run could mean a couple of things. One is he calls you and you run the other way in disobedience. Jonah did that very thing. God calls you to go in this direction and you run the opposite direction. That is sin in the eyes of God. Let me give you the other aspect of that. When you run, it could be that he's called you to do something, but he's not giving you every detail at this point. He's asking you to wait on his leadership and his timing, and you are running ahead of him. He does not want you to run ahead of him. He does not want you to lag behind him. When he calls you and he asks you to follow him, he wants you to stay in step with him. So one of the common sins that we see when it comes to following Jesus is we run meaning we run away from his leadership or we run ahead of his leadership. Number two is the word retreat. We just back off. We retreat. Here's what I mean. We look at the call of Jesus and he's asking to do something in our lives. And we look at it. We still, we feel so in fear, unworthy to do what he's asking us to do. And so what do we do? We just retreat and simply do not do what Jesus is asking us to do. How many of you are running? You're running away from his call or you're running ahead of his leadership. How many of you are retreating because you're just saying, I'm in fear, I'm not worthy, he could never use me, so you're backing away from the call of Jesus on your life. And then the third word is the word resist. We just resist the call of Jesus in life. And here's what I mean by that. One of the primary ways we resist is we start giving all of these excuses why he could never use you or me. He calls you and you say, but, but Lord, I'm too young. He calls you, well, I'm, I'm Lord, I'm too old. I'm past those years. He calls you and you say, I don't have enough education. He calls you and you say, I don't have enough experience. And so what do you do? You, re, you just resist what he's wanting to do in your life. I encourage you when he calls you in your life, don't run from him. Don't retreat from him. Don't resist him. Obey the leadership of Jesus and follow him. That's the message of God's word. We're going to see in Matthew chapter 4. Find your way back there because I want to walk through these verses today on follow me. Two simple words, follow me. As we think about if we're going to finish well, we have to follow well. So let's walk through it. Number one, draw closely to Jesus' presence. One of the things I'm thankful for today is that you and I can have a conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what I mean by that. I'm grateful we can have a conversation to say, Lord, we need financial help because there seems to be more month than there is money. Will you help us get our finances in order? Lord, I need freedom today from an addiction in my life. So Lord Jesus, will you help me to find freedom and victory over this addiction that's causing me so many issues in life? We can come before him and have a conversation to say, Lord, I'm at a fork in the road, at a crossroad, major, major decision about the direction of my life. I don't know to go this way or this way. Lord Jesus, well, somehow will you show me which direction I need to go with this decision? And then we come before him as a church and say, Lord, we're getting ready to make some major decisions as a church family. We need unity. We need direction. We need to know, God, this is exactly what you want us to do. And we can have a conversation with the Lord Jesus because he is near us. When's the last time as a believer, as a follower of Christ, you came before him and you said, Jesus, I want to make sure I am living close to your presence. Will you draw me near to you? When's the last time you ask him that? Here's the good news is you can't even ask him that, and here's why. Because he's not dead in a grave somewhere. He is alive, and he wants that intimate, personal relationship with you and me. 
So you can ask him that, to say, Jesus, I don't want to live distant from you. I want to live near you, close to you, so will you help me do that? The Bible says here in Matthew 4, Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. It's one of my favorite places on the planet to stand on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and realize so much of Jesus' ministry happened on this lake, on this body of water. He's walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew, James and John. Jesus was not far from them. He was near them. And Jesus is going to engage them in a conversation and he's going to ask them to say this, I want you to leave everything and I want you to follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Now here's what I want you to know. When you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you and you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be near you and you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to give you the courage to follow him, you are going to have to make some tough decisions in your life. It's going to be difficult. Here's, here's a great illustration. I read the story one time of this husband and wife who had twins. And when the babies were born, they were joined together. And the surgeons came in and talked to the parents and said this, if we don't do surgery quickly and immediately, both babies are going to die. What do you want us to do? And the parents, without any hesitation, said, we need to do surgery as quick as we can. And then the surgeon said, well, it's simply not that simple. Here's what I mean by that. When we do surgery... Uh, we're only going to be able to save one of the babies. You have to make a decision which one you want to live and which one you want to die. When I, when I read that story, my heart went out to those parents. How in the world do you make that decision? Which one lives and which one doesn't? Hard decisions in life. We all face that many times, a hard, hard decision. And when you make a decision to say, I know Jesus and he's asking me to follow him and I want to follow him with everything I have, you are going to face some hard, hard decisions in your life. Now, I want to give you these four things. I could give you many more, but here's what's going to help you when it comes to following the leadership of Christ and living close to his presence. Number one, stay in the word. If you're going to know how to follow Jesus and you're going to make hard decisions, you need to stay in the word of God. And when you stay in the word of God, it helps you to have the mind of Christ when you make decisions. First Corinthians chapter two, when that passage ends, what does Paul say? We have the mind of Christ. You need to make sure stay in God's word. You need the mind of Christ if you're going to follow him and you're going to make hard decisions. Number two, pray without ceasing. Uh, you have specific prayer times, but as you go along in your life, you pray without ceasing. Voice prayers, quick prayers. Lord, I need help. Lord, I need direction. Will you give me discernment in this situation? You pray without ceasing. It's a conversation with him. He's near you. He wants you to be near him. You can talk to him 24-7. He is always available to listen and share with you and me. Number three, participate in the church. You and I, if we're going to be followers of Christ, we need to understand the value of participating in the local church. We should not forsake gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. And so we need to participate in the life of the church. I remember when COVID started, 2020, we'll never get over that season of life. I remember when COVID started and here was the conversation. COVID started in the conversation, what is essential and not essential? We were looking at businesses. Businesses that would stay open are essential. Those that would close are non-essential. And then the conversation came around, is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gathering of God's people, is that essential or non-essential? 
Well, here we are in 2023, three years beyond 2020 from that. Let me say and be very clear again, when it comes to the gathering of God's people, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been, we are today, and we always will be. We are essential for believers in Jesus Christ. We are essential. It's not non-essential, we're essential. Now I realize there are some people who's, who separate themselves from the body of Christ and say, I'll just watch online and I'm not going to come. I'll do something else. If you're physically, you, you can't make it. We totally understand that. But there is no substitute for gathering with the people of God and participating in the life of the church. Is the church perfect? No. Are we still being worked on? Do we have issues? Yes. But is your family perfect? No. Does your family still have issues? Yes. Do you still relate with your family? Yes. We need to gather together and relate with God's people in life. I can't imagine people who face storms, adversities, and difficulties in life not knowing Jesus but not having fellowship with God's people. You need to have people in your life who are going to be there to pray for you, bring you meals, support you, listen to you. I was in the concourse this morning, two sisters in Christ, weeping with one another. That is the beauty of the local church. You're not going to get that at the bar. You're not going to get that at some department store. You'll get that among the body of Christ, those who know Jesus Christ and those who follow him. That's the value of the church. And if you're going to be a faithful follower of Jesus and you're going to understand how to follow his leadership, participate in the church, number four, rely on the Holy Spirit, you and I have to realize we can't live the Christian life on our own strength. I mean, if we could live it on our own strength, why would we need the Lord Jesus? Why did he promise to give us the Holy Spirit? You can't live the Christian life on your own strength. You can't solve your issues on your own strength. Only Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will equip you to do that. And if you're going to live close to Christ and follow him, don't rely on yourself. Rely on the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so here's how you're going to live close to you. are going to follow him. You stay in the word. You pray without ceasing. You, you realize again, rely on the Holy Spirit and you participate in the Lord's church and you're going to draw near to him and you're going to be faithful in following him. Number two, listen aggressively to Jesus' call. When Angie and I are on vacation, uh, many times we're thinking about, well, what are we going to do for lunch? Where are we going to eat at? Oftentimes, we'll, we'll look online and see what the best restaurants are. We'll trip advisor, whatever it may be, and then, and then decide if we're going to eat there or not. We'll oftentimes look at the menu. And, and if something is missing on the menu, when I look online, we're generally not going to go there. Anybody know what it is? It's the prices. Yeah, I, I don't like bait and switch stuff, so get in there and realize, well, wow, I didn't know that hamburger was going to be $25. Uh, we'll go somewhere else and get one much cheaper than that. So if the, if the prices aren't listed, it's generally an indication we're not going to go there because I just don't like bait and switch type stuff. Uh, we live in a day, and not every car dealership is this way, but if you buy a car, you have to be careful because you need to know how much you're going to pay for the car. Sometimes here's the price that's advertised, but when you get ready to buy the car, you realize what? Well, there's this edition, this edition, this edition. So now you're going to pay a lot more for that car than you anticipated. Here's the thing I appreciate about the Lord Jesus Christ. When he calls us to know him and he calls us to follow him, he doesn't play bait and switch with you and me. He tells us what the costs are going to be, what the consequences are going to be, and what it means to be one of his disciples and follow him in the Christian life. Here's what I mean by that. In Luke chapter 9, 
Verse 23, here's what he said. He said to all, if anyone would come after me, meaning follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What an amazing call. If you're going to follow me, you're going to come after me, you need to be willing to pick up your cross daily and come after me, follow me. What does that mean? That means you die to yourself and you live in Christ. He's telling you the consequences. Be willing to die to self. Now, I'm going to give you these four words. I'm not going to explain much because they're self-explanatory through this. But when it comes to following Jesus and obeying his call, here's these words. One, it's not going to be easy. Uh, When you follow Jesus, please understand, it's not going to be easy. There's nowhere in God's word that says living the Christian life is easy. It's not easy. It's, it's, it's rewarding. It's wonderful. It's amazing, but it's not going to be easy. Number two, it's not going to be comfortable. He's not asking you, to be, you and me to be comfortable. He's asking us to be faithful. In fact, in many ways, he wants to get us outside of our comfort zones. So when you follow Jesus, realize it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. Number three, it's not going to be cheap either. He gave his life for you and me, and he says, if you're going to follow me, I want you to pick up your cross daily and follow me. There is a cost involved in that. What that means is you die to yourself and you live faithful to Jesus. Number four is a word. It's not going to be popular. When you follow Jesus in your life, it may be the case you're not going to be the most popular person in the workplace. You're not going to be the most popular person at school, but you are going to be faithful to Jesus Christ. He's not asked any of us to to win a popularity contest. He's not asked any of us to be celebrities. He has asked us to be servants and followers of him in life. And so when you think about these words, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be popular. Are you and I following Jesus in this life? Not a fan of his, but a follower of his. And what that means is I'm willing to die for the person of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to give up everything to follow him. If he allows me to go through storms, adversities, and trials, I'm going to do it following Jesus Christ in life. If people make fun of me, ridicule me, I'm going to be faithful to be one of his followers. Are you following him in your life? As a child, as a student, as an adult, would you classify what other people say about you? He or she is a follower of Christ. Number three, respond immediately to Jesus' invitation. Jesus called these two sets of brothers, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. The Bible says in, in, in the text here, again, what does the word of God say? It says when they came to, when Jesus came to Peter and Andrew, It says, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. They didn't have a business meeting. Uh, They didn't have a little conference with one another. Jesus said, I want you to follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And the Bible says, immediately, without hesitation, they followed him. And then he came to James and John. They were mending their nets. They'd been in the boat with their father Zebedee. He called these two brothers and said, I want you to follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And what did they do? The Bible says again, immediately they left the boat and notice this, and they left their father and followed him. What did it cost them? Here's the indication. These, These brothers, James and John especially, Jesus called them. They were around him. He asked them to follow him. 
And the Bible says they left their father, they left their possessions, they left their careers, they left everything and followed Jesus in life. Look at these four questions. Number one, what is following Jesus costing you? What is it costing you to be a follower of Christ? It's not easy, it's not comfortable, it's not cheap, it's not popular. What is it costing you to follow Jesus? When God saved me as a young boy sitting on our basement steps, I thank God for salvation and the grace of God in my life. And then as God started growing me in a Christian life, and it started when I started reading the word of God every day of my life. And I made a commitment to the Lord then, and here it is many years later, still making that commitment to say, God, I don't want to miss a single, single day of my life that I'm not reading and meditating on your word in my life. And then here one day, no one in my family had been a preacher. No one in my family had been in ministry. I sensed the call of God on my life to vocational Christian ministry. And I sought out counsel. I sought out God's word. Uh, Angie and I had conversations about what in the world does all this mean? What does this look like? And I sensed again with, with clarity, with conviction. I'd get up in the morning. I'd go to bed at night. The call of God was always on my mind. God, you're calling me. God, you're calling me. God, you're calling me. And when I knew that God was calling me to preach and to pastor, I still remember the day Angie and I were living at that time on North Green Street in Glasgow, Kentucky. And I go back and I think about James and John when the call of God came on their lives and Jesus said, I want you to follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I wonder what that conversation was like with their father Zebedee. I would imagine James and John had something like this. Uh, Dad, today, uh, Jesus, the son of God and savior of the world came by and he called us by name and he asked us to follow him and he would make us fishers of men. But we don't know all that that means. We don't know all that that's going to require. But, but we heard him. We saw him. We know what he's asked us to do. And, Dad, here's the truth. We're going to leave you. We're going to leave the business. We're going to leave our possessions. And we are going to follow him. When the Lord called me into ministry, again, sought out godly counsel, I still remember the day when I asked my dad, to come over to our little apartment on North Green Street. And my dad came in, sat in our living room. It wasn't very big. And we had a couch and we had a love seat back in those days. And I'm sitting on the couch facing this way, looking out the window. My dad's sitting on the love seat to my right. And I can still remember it just like it was today. I turned over and said to my dad, Dad, I want you to know what, what the Lord Jesus is doing in my life. I don't know all this means. I don't understand it all. I just know the Lord has given me this hunger for him. And I just know the Lord has called me to surrender my life to ministry and to be a preacher. I don't even know what that means. But I want you to know that Ange and I have made a decision. We have surrendered everything of our lives and we are going to be faithful to follow him. I remember having that conversation with my dad. Was that easy? No, not really, because I didn't understand it all. But did the Lord use it? Absolutely. 
because God started opening doors and I still remember having spiritual conversations with my dad. I still remember being at Calvary Baptist Church one day, not on Sunday, but during the weekday. And my dad and I were over in this area. We were on our knees in the altar as I asked him about his personal relationship with Jesus Christ and would he share his salvation story with me so that I would know when he came to Christ in his life. And it wasn't just a short time later. On a Friday afternoon, I get a phone call. My dad was killed in a boating accident at 52 years of age. But I'll never forget sitting on that couch and him sitting on that love seat and saying to him, Dad, I don't know all this means, but Jesus has called and we're going to be faithful to follow him. I imagine James and John had a similar conversation with their dad. Let me ask you again, what is following Jesus costing you? Number two, how did Jesus obey his father? He obeyed his father by, by denying himself and dying on a cross. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, your will be done, not mine. He gave everything and died on an old rugged cross for you and for me. Nails piercing his hands and feet, crown of thorns pressed over his head, spear piercing his side, the blood of Jesus flowing for your sins and my sins. Jesus obeyed the Father by dying in your place and my place. The substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ paid in full because he went to a cross for you and for me. We deserve to die, but he died in our place. Number three is Jesus pleased with your commitment. Is he pleased with your commitment? How would you answer that question? As a child, as a student, as an adult, is he pleased with your commitment? I pastored many churches. Here's what I can tell you. And I want to be honest with you and I want to be transparent with you. Because I asked the question in the beginning, are you and I following Jesus? And if you and I are following Jesus, it's not easy. It's not comfortable, it's not cheap, it's not popular. But are you and I following Jesus? Here's what I've discovered. In the churches I've pastored for, for over 30 years, when it rains on a Sunday morning, guess what happens to church attendance? When there's a late night Saturday football game, basketball game, your favorite team, guess what happens to church attendance? When the time changes in the spring or fall, Guess what happens to church attendance the next Sunday? It decreases dramatically. If you and I are following Jesus, it doesn't make any difference if it's raining or sunshining. We're going to be faithful to him. It doesn't make any difference who wins the game, who loses the game. We're going to be faithful to him. It doesn't make any difference what time changes, whatever happens. We're going to be faithful to him. Why? Because we're faithful to him and we're faithful to his church. You know why? Because he, the church, has been bought with a price. It's the very life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. One day Jesus Christ is coming again for you and me. And because he loves the church, you and I should love the church and be faithful to him. But are you and I following him? Number four. What is Jesus asking you to do today? What is he asking you to do today? Not, not next week, but this morning. In this room watching online, what is he asking you to do today? Give your life to Christ? 
Follow him in baptism. Join the fellowship of this church. Surrender your life to ministry. Say yes that you're going to follow him regardless of the cost and the consequences. Jesus, I'm following you. What is he asking you to do today? Are you a fan of his or a follower of his? If you're a follower of his, you're going to say, Lord Jesus, here I am. Whatever you ask, the answer is yes. I'm going to follow you no matter what it costs, no matter what the consequences are. I don't want to be comfortable. I want to be obedient to you. I'm following you, Lord Jesus. In 1519, a gentleman by the name of Hernando, Hernan Cortez, sailed from Spain to Mexico. Cortez had some other people with him on the boats and they were traveling to explore some new territory and he wanted to find a land and he wanted to develop the land so other people would come. So they found themselves landing in Mexico. They get off the boats and the ships and they get all their cargo off and Cortez did something that astounded people around him. When they got off the ships, here's what he did. He burned the ships to the ground. He set them on fire, burned them. And here's what Cortez said. He said, we're either going to win this victory or we're going to die trying. And he said, but we are not going back. He burned the ships. Let me ask you. I mean, Cortez and his people, they were all in at that point. I mean, we were not going back because the ships are gone. So we're here. We're either going to win this victory or we're going to die trying. We're not going back. When it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, when it comes to following Jesus Christ in your life, let me ask you, are you all in? Have you burned the ships? Are you in? I'm all in. There's no turning back. I'm all in. Let me ask you, when it comes to his church, are you all in when it comes to this church? Have you burned the ships to say, listen, it may not be easy. They may not do everything I like for them to do. I would have made a different decision, but as long as it's obedient to Christ, glorifying to him, faithful to God's word, I am all in. I've burned the ships. I'm not going anywhere. Listen, I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to be faithful to his church. Are you all in? You know why many churches are declining and dying? Listen, they've not, they're not all in. They've not burned the ships. But if we're going to be faithful, make much of the Lord Jesus Christ, be followers of his and not simply fans of his, we have to say, listen, I am all in. I have decided to follow Jesus in my life. And can I just tell you, you'll never, never, never regret that decision. When Angel and I surrender our lives to follow Jesus Christ, wherever he lead, we go. I've decided to follow Jesus. We have not regretted that decision any time to do that. So let me ask you again, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? How do you answer that question? If it costs you your life, are you still going to follow him? Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And they obeyed immediately. Have you decided to follow Jesus? And I want to ask you today, are you willing to obey him immediately? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for these two sets of brothers. Thank you for Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee and thank you for his call on their lives. Lord Jesus, thank you for calling us to salvation, to baptism, to church affiliation, to, to ministry. 
But Lord, thank you for calling us to follow you in life as well. And Lord Jesus, as we think about, I have decided to follow you. Lord, this morning I pray without hesitation, immediately, without delay, we'd see people all over this worship center and those who are worshiping with us online to say, I'm following him. I'm ready. I'm all in. No turning back in my life. Lord Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will you do that in our lives, we pray. The glory goes to you, but we want to follow you as you lead. So, Lord Jesus, move in this response time. Let decisions be made as we draw near to you. For your glory, we pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for calling us to follow you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.